It's time for ROTD Weekend. My house smells like Christmas right now. That's right. It is two days before Christmas, and my house has the unmistakably delicious, wonderful smell of cabbage rolls. Was that what you were expecting me to say? I bet not. Well, for me, this smell is like quintessentially Christmas and for a very good reason. You know that my parents had Ukrainian restaurants when I was growing up and Christmas time was their busiest time of year by far. I started working there with them when I was 11 or 12. Actually, it is definitely true that if you are from Manitoba, Canada, and if you bought some pierogies or cabbage rolls somewhere around the Christmas season in the late 80s or early to mid mid-90s, there is a less than zero chance that I had a hand in making them. And that is because my parents not only supplied the progies and cabbage rolls for their own restaurant and for their own walk-in customers, but they also did a whole bunch of wholesale for a bunch of the other Ukrainian restaurants in the area. You know, Manitoba, Canada has a very large Ukrainian and Polish population. And so a lot of people want these foods for their Christmas table. But if they're not making them, don't know how to make them, don't have time to make them, they would get them from one of these very many Ukrainian restaurants in Winnipeg, usually other places as well. And my mom was actually the behind the scenes maker and wholesaler for a lot of those places. So whether you knew about the progy patch and deli in Lockport, my, my parents place or not, chances are you may have had one of our delicious Ukrainian foods if you're from Winnipeg or that area. Anyhow, yeah, so that was their busiest time of the year by far. And so much so, my mom used to say that she would work all day just running around the kitchen doing all this stuff, getting all these progies, cabrols, and some other Ukrainian foods, petishka with a sauerkraut inside, all of those things ready for the customers and for the wholesale. And then she would finally get home and get to sleep where she would dream about making progies and cabbage rolls. And it occurs to me that one of the reasons that she was probably dreaming about that beyond just being stressed out and busy doing it all was because there were often cabbage rolls cooking in our ovens overnight. They needed so many cabbage rolls. They were making so many of them at the restaurant during the day that they would bring home roasters of them to cook overnight. And so we would wake up in the morning with our house smelling like cabbage rolls all through the holiday season. And so here I am today telling you that my house smells like Christmas. And by that, I mean, it smells like this wonderful, like, rich cabbage, tomato, rice, bacony, oniony, buttery flavor. And it's very warm and soothing and comforting. I mean, I woke up in the smell day after day. I love it so much. So I am making these cabbage rolls. Well, I made them back at Thanksgiving. You remember I made the cabbage rolls and the progies and I froze them. And now I am baking them up straight from frozen. The cabbage rolls are best baked straight from frozen. If you're not having them right away, you don't thaw them first. So I'm baking those because because we are going to Tampa, Florida tomorrow. I'm super excited. Some of Marty's family is in town and they are doing their traditional Polish Christmas Eve dinner and we are invited. And that Polish Christmas Eve dinner is much like my Ukrainian Christmas Eve dinner, a meatless dinner. And I volunteer to bring some meatless cabbage rolls. So these ones don't have the, the bacon and meat in them, just lots of onion and rice. I offered to bring the cabbage rolls and the progies and oh my God, the mushroom gravy. I love the mushroom gravy on the progies so, so much. So I am bringing those things and I'm getting them ready today. And right now I am sitting here talking to you while just savoring the nostalgia, this warm Christmas Eve feeling, and this 
probably unexpected to you, beautiful smell of Christmas. Something else that might be unexpected to you is the conversation that I'm about to share with you. So I am speaking today with celebrity chef Joel Gamron. He has a new cooking show on PBS called Homemade Live. And you know, I was really expecting him to kind of have like an elevator pitch. I've been doing these interviews, media stuff for a long time. And often when I sit down with somebody who's also been doing this for a long time, they seem a little rehearsed. They know what they're saying. And I was sort of expecting that. And instead, he blew me away. It was such a real conversation. He was so present and excited and happy to be talking with me. And it really made me excited to be talking with him. And now I feel like I am like a super fan of his. And so I think whether you expected it or not, while you are in your kitchen today cooking or driving and running errands, last minute Christmas shopping, while you are doing that, listening to my conversation with Joel Gameron, you are going to also become a super fan. He has brought a surprise recipe for me and it did surprise me and I have tried it since then and it is so delicious. You have now got to listen to my conversation with PBS celebrity chef Joel Gameron. Welcome to the pod. Hey, Christine. Thrilled to be here. It is so nice to have you. Now, this is so exciting. You have a new show that has just come out. Can you tell us about it? Christine, I am so over the moon, so excited to talk about this show. This show is so cool. So it's called Homemade Live, and it's on PBS. So it'll be in whoever's listening, your local PBS. Um, It's just starting to roll out. But the idea of the show is that it's a cooking talk show. It's kind of like Emerald Live, if anyone's ever listened to that before, meets uh, Oprah. Let's go. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. So I've seen I've seen some clips of the episodes, and I definitely that Emerald vibe, the excitement. Everybody's having so much fun. You're having yes. so much fun, and then you're having like legit celebrities on this show, right? Oh my gosh, these celebs are so cool. We really wanted people that, I mean, listen, there's food people that come on, which is awesome, but we're all used to seeing the same people on Food Network, the same people on the, you know, in the ether of the internet. So we wanted to bring celebrities that we all know, but we don't necessarily know in the kitchen. And Mm -hmm. so what would Reggie Bush, who is a superstar football player, what what does he eat? Or what is Kathy Lee Gifford, (laughs) as in Kathy Lee Gifford from the Today Show? What does she cook? Or Nigel Barker. So it was an awesome, awesome lineup. Everyone from um, a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Crystal Kung Minkoff, to um, you know Sydney Rice, an amazing tailback for the Seattle Seahawks. So um, it was really cool. That is so cool. And so you are cooking with them their food, or they're cooking for you. Who's who's doing the cooking here? Well, every single episode has like a theme. And so the theme could be cooking for kids. And so it starts off with kind of a monologue, like me, like me talking about my kids and a little story. And then I make a recipe that is very near and dear to me and we recreate it. Um, And there's always a story behind the recipe. And that's kind of the ethos of the show. I mean, Christine, I'll ask you, you're a recipe guru. I mean, when you think about the best recipes, this is literally a question to you. When you think about the best recipes you've ever had, don't you agree there's always a story around it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The story behind the recipes and learning to cook. It's almost always about my grandmother, my Ukrainian baba. Like if if somebody's like, what is a recipe that you love that means something to you? I'm like, okay, so let's talk about dill potatoes. Like (laughs) Exactly. And it's nothing fancy. It's just dill potatoes. 
And so that's the ethos of the show. We think, my hypothesis, I think the best seasoning in the world is not what's on the plate. I actually think it's it's what's around the plate. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the people, it's the places, it's the setting. And that is what seasons the food. So we start off by my story, my recipe, and then we bring them in. And if it's in the kids' sake, we brought in Crystal Kung Minkoff. She's a mom. So she showed us some amazing recipes. She does these crazy Nutella wontons. These are crazy that our kids love. So yeah, it's a little bit of my recipe and a little bit of theirs. And okay, I don't know if you're allowed to tell me this. Do you actually think that the celebrities you have on actually do cook at home or are they? No, they're disasters. <laughs> they're disasters. No, no. I think they sort of cook. I mean, Kathy Lee came on. Kathy Lee Gifford came on and said, I make one dish. I do not cook for myself. I have a chef. And we were all laughing and it was great. But she goes, but it is not Thanksgiving without this dish. And we have to have this dish. And so aren't you right now just wondering, like, what the heck is this dish? Yes. Like. And it was really cool. It was this unbelievable sweet potato souffle that she has made for the past 40 years. And her family will not sit down for Thanksgiving if it's not on the table. And that's just so cool. We all know Kathy Lee Gifford. We all know about Frank. We all know about Regis. We all know the story of Kathy Lee Gifford. But no one knows that story. And that's a whole new side of her, which is really cool. And, and it's nice. It sounds like people are being honest and real. She's not coming in there being like, I know that I am Kathy Gifford, but I cook every day for my family. Like That, that would just be... Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We really wanted non-cooks because, by the way, we do have some amazing chefs on. Like, I don't know. Do you follow Kenji? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've met met Kenji a bunch of times. He's wonderful. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. So he's like a total badass and he's great. But, you know, sometimes when you watch enough of Kenji, not just him in particular, but of me, of any chef, you start to think that you can't cook. Like, that only looks good because it's Kenji or Joel Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, or Christine. Like, and the reality is, is that the best food in the world really comes from people who are not chefs. And so we wanted to make food approachable that way. There's also, I mean, that huge difference between like chef cooking and restaurant yes. cooking and cookbook, yes. cookbook development cooking versus home home cooking and what you do in the home, which is completely different and sounds like kind of what you're trying to capture in the show. Totally. When you watch the show, it's not like a big flashy set. You know, it feels like a home. We mess up all the time. The amount of things I cut and burn and mess up is great. And that makes it feel more real. It is more real. And I don't know. I think that gives the show a little bit of an anti-Martha Stewart Food Network vibe Mm -hmm. where not everything is perfectly laid out in bowls. and There's not like little minions running around. This is like just two people having fun in the kitchen. And I, I, yeah, and that's so, I mean, actually, I'm thinking you have a tagline and it's like, not always perfect, but definitely always fun, right? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it, I love it. That's but, exactly but right. No, I think that's really true. I think that there's a, a stumbling block people run into when they're trying to learn how to cook, where they think it all has to be perfect, or they, they have to have all those little prep bowls done ahead of time. And, you know, yes. and, and then when they make a mistake, like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not yes. a cook. I can't cook. And, you know, I, I mean, I do this professionally. I've been doing this professionally for a long time. And I still, you know, there are dinners that I make. And I'm just like, sorry, guys, we're eating this. But yeah. like, no one's going to like it. Very much. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And I also think, you know, Instagram and social media makes it a little bit tricky. Like, why does everything look perfect mm-hmm. on those things? Mm-hmm. Like, it just looks so good. And then when you try and make it at home, it doesn't. And you feel like a failure. And you're not a failure. That looks awesome. Dig in. It's great. You made it from scratch keep going you know and so this is the anti that it's really trying to show food for what it is where it's not supposed to be fancy it's supposed to be messy and let's celebrate that yeah yeah around the table together season the food with love and company i love it that's fantastic yep so joel did you bring a secret recipe for me today 
I brought you a secret recipe. This is, by the way, I have like the amount of people I've talked to over my 20 year span in this business. No one has ever asked me to bring them a secret recipe. I kind of <laughs> feel like it's secret Santa. Like, how did you come up with this idea? Uh, well, okay. I- I'm going to be very honest with you. And anybody listening is going to be interested in this too. I wanted to have other people come on and talk through their recipes with me. Yes. And yes. as it is, I'm super busy. Everybody's super busy. I was like, wait a minute though. I don't want to have to do research like i don't this is i'm being honest right i if you're gonna come tell me about your meatloaf i don't want to have to sit there and look up meatloaf recipes and come up with all the questions i mean meatloaf i know but you know what i mean like say it's like a dummy glass or something i have to now come up with questions and thoughts and all this research and extra stuff i'm like no i have to make this as easy as possible how do i make it as easy as possible i don't know what it is before and then i can't prep I also think, I also think I, there's a bunch of podcasts that I love. There's You're Wrong About, there's a few others. They use the idea of a surrogate audience where one yes. person is knowledgeable and knows what's happening and the other person is unaware before it starts. Yes. And so then the yes. questions that I'm asking you are, as you're talking on the fly, what's coming to mind? What am I confused by? What isn't making sense? Whereas if I've prepared and I know, then I'm not as able to put my head in the spot of the audience, you know? So it's both of those. I totally know. Do you watch Smartless or listen to Smartless at all? No, I'm writing it down. Oh my gosh. It's the it's a very cool format. It's three celebrities. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, oh, and Sean Hayes. I have heard of this. I love yes. them, but no, I'm not Each listened. episode they bring in like a surprise guest and one knows who it is, but the other two don't. So they'll be like, She starred in Friends. She was, you know, and it's Jennifer Aniston and everyone mm-hmm. freaks out. And so it's pretty cool. And I, I listen to that religiously. So this is now going to be a religious listen to me because I love the surprise. Okay. Oh, okay. Do you yes. want me to tell you the title yes. or do you tell want to just start it describing it? Yeah, no, no, okay. no. I don't have to guess though. That, that, oh gosh, that would be a whole other thing. You start telling me and I have to guess what it is far away through. No, no. Tell me what it is. <laughs> we'll okay. learn how to make this it. This is a Texas toast, short rib and provolone breakfast sandwich. Oh my God. Goodness. Okay, I have to write this down. Texas Hold on toast. to your seats, people. Hold Texas on to your seats. Toast, short rib. I just want to eat it now. Can we skip to that yes. part? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So where do you start? You know what? I, I actually want to know. Why Why did you choose this recipe? What? Where does it come from? Start there. Yeah, you know, I was... So this recipe actually comes from the show. This, is, this recipe is Reggie Bush's. So Reggie Bush's... Mm. And again, who Reggie Bush is, for those of you guys who don't know, he used to date Kim Kardashian. So that's what he's known for on a big, big scale. But he was also a professional football player, a really famous college football player, and doesn't really cook. And when he made this recipe for me on set, and it was one of our first episodes, I tried it and I said, this show is going to work because this is insanity. And so I am recreating his Texas toast. And I know he said that would be okay. So I was just blown away by it. So that's why this recipe, this recipe to me was validation that Homemade Live, our new show, is going to be a winner. Oh, so, so exciting. Oh, and now I want to watch the episode. Okay, so I need to listen to you tell me to make it, and then I need to watch you and Reggie make it (laughs) after that. Okay, where do you start with this one? All right, so there's two ways you can start with this one. One is if you're going to make the whole thing from scratch, we can talk about how to braise the short ribs for the Texas toast. But the way that Reggie kind of talks through it is this is leftovers, and he is a night owl. Are you night owl, Christine, or are you uh, early morning? Oh, I work best in the morning if I can get up in the morning, but I am a sleep procrastinator, and I am finding yet another reason to stay up uh, every every single day, every single day. So I'm both. I'm both, and that's the worst. (laughs) 
I love it. Well, I am a, a totally early riser. I'm like in bed in a moo moo at like 8 30 oh, at night. I'm just, that's just me. But Reggie stays up till like 2 30 in the morning. And so at like midnight, he has like a second dinner. And his wife, Lalit, who is amazing, amazing cooks him this sandwich and it's usually with leftover and i you know i know that people listening to this might be listening to this near the holidays but if you have leftover roast leftover Mm -hmm. whatever you can kind of repurpose it so for him it was leftover short ribs but i'll tell you how i would braise the short ribs and then we'll go through it so that sounds great um, first step to braising the short ribs is first of all, not a lot of people buy short ribs. They're intimidated by it. It's an incredible, incredible source of protein. It's not that cost prohibitive. We all have to start eating different cuts of beef. So even if short ribs are a little bit too expensive for you, you can look at something like Chuck, but you just want to braise it. So what I do is I season it with salt and pepper on both sides. Mm-hmm. I go with boneless short ribs oh. and I get it really, really brown in a pan, right? Mm-hmm. I then remove that. And then in the same pan, I add a ton of onions, celery, and a little bit of carrot. So we're going with the classic mirepoix. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Then we deglaze with about two cups of red wine. And I always do equal parts red wine to stock. So I'll go beef stock. Okay. And my one tip to you guys at home is always go low sodium stock. So it's red wine, stock, two cups of both. I have two questions. Let's- yeah. Uh, I'm going to do the so, the low sodium stock first because I so do you recommend low sodium stock just so people can control their salt or because you're going to be simmering this and the salt's going to intensify or both like what is your reason both that you just nailed all the reasons right so mm-hmm. one is yeah otherwise it gets too salty as it starts to reduce mm-hmm. and two for people who are watching their salt at home we work at the American Diabetes Association those things are salty so you might as well be able to control it. And then the red wine, does it matter? I mean, I actually saw you had a recipe somewhere using red wine that is turned. Yes. Would you oh my use God. that here? Or is that not a good idea for cooking and you should choose something you would want to drink? What does it matter? No, that'd be fabulous here. Oh. Um, turn red wine when it just tastes a little bit funky doesn't mean it's gone bad. It means it's tough to drink, but it usually means it just went a little acidic and it's starting to turn into, you know, acid, like mm-hmm. as if it was uh, red wine vinegar. And so that's actually really beautiful for sauce making. So I would love if you could find a turn wine or if you have something in the cupboard, bust that puppy out. Well, this is the time of year, right? When you have people over a lot and there are some half bottles left here and there. So oh so 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 it's totally. not you don't think it's gonna matter. Something that you like to drink or something that's turned, you just get some red wine in there. That's exactly right. And then I had an old mentor and this is what I would add, but I would add about two tablespoons of honey into oh. this. Yeah, the honey is going to really play with the gaminess of the beef and the richness of it and kind of help cut through it. It's also going to make the sauce and the braise just super sticky and delicious. Oh, I love that. I've never tried that before. I have to try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would drop in a bay leaf uh, a handful of time. I'd bring those browned short ribs back to the party. So put them back in the bath, bring the whole thing up to a boil, and then turn it down to low. Cover it for about three hours. And can you use dried thyme or it has to be the fresh You can use dried thyme. I called for a handful of fresh thyme. So I'd want to do half of that in dried thyme. Anytime you add dried spices, you always want to cut it by half. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. And then that is braising for how long did you say? Three hours. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So slow cooker or you can pressure cook it for about an hour. So oh, if you're comfortable with the pressure cookers, that would be great. Oh, my instant pot. I, I don't love it as much as I love the air fryer, but I do use it for <laughs> this kind of thing. 
<laughs> I know, I know. Air fryers are so fun right now. But yeah, it's, it's totally instant pot season and it is totally, I mean, I eat beef year round, but it's totally beef season. Like I just want something juicy and just filling and rich and just like, ugh, you know what I mean? Something oh, to yeah. stick my teeth into. So, it, Well, it's the time I'm of year. It. We indulge a little bit more. We make a little bit more special recipes. This is maybe yes. the time of year when you spend longer to make an amazing breakfast sandwich. People stay yes. over. All of that. It makes total sense to me. Okay, so braises for three hours and then? And then they actually, so again, this could be dinner, right? The idea is that you're using dinner to repurpose for breakfast. But what I would do then is, are you a broccolini fan? I love broccolini. Yeah, Nobody else Ugh. in my house does, but I love broccolini. I, I love broccolini and I, for some reason, it's one of the only vegetables my kids eat. I think because it's long and crunchy. I think oh. they just dig it. But I have a cool way of doing broccolini, which if you eat broccolini, the one problem is it's really bad for eating on a date because when you eat it, it just gets stuck in your teeth. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I do know. I do know. <laughs> it's just so, it's so fibrous, um, but it's so good. So the way I prep the broccolini is I put them on my cutting board and I use the side of my knife and I smash the stem of the broccolini. Oh. So you kind of break it, kind of like you were yeah. smashing garlic. Yeah. Um, and that opens up the fibers of the broccolini. And and then I probably steam them or boil them, it's up to you, for about two minutes, just so that they're tender, just like broccoli. Okay. Um, you know, it's fascinating because I think that when I cook broccolini, I end up trimming, not I leave a lot of the stem, but I trim like off what I think is going to be the most fibrous part of it. Do you not have to trim very much of that off if you're doing this? Just like the very end of it's brown and then You don't smash have to trim it? any of it off if you do this. Nice. Because you're right. It's If you don't smash it, it's like impossible to, to eat. Mm-hmm. And also the top of the broccolini, which is really thin, cooks way too yeah. fast. Yeah. So the bottom's yeah. just too hard. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. by crushing it, you're opening up the surface area and they cook at the same time. Oh, love it. Okay, okay. So broccoli, you said just a couple minutes? Just boil that for a couple minutes in some nice salty water, take it out, and then I would shock it into some cold ice water. And, that's and then at that it, point, it's it up it to green. you. You can grill that or you can throw that in a cast iron pan with a little bit of salt, pepper, and then I use chili flake as well. Okay, so then the blanching or boiling that you did there, that is yep. to is that to retain the color, to make it quick uh, cook more quickly when you grill it? What was What's the purpose of doing that step? A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. And and honestly, it's just a really clean way, in my opinion, to kind of cook broccolini. Now, you could throw it right on the grill. I find that it just doesn't cook through all the way yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And again, it gets really charred with the middle being too crunchy. So mm-hmm. that two minutes really just helps cook it nice and evenly through. So all you're doing is trying to get it brown in the pan after that. Okay. Sounds great. And then a little chili flakes on the broccolini. Yep. And then into a pan with some olive oil, salt, pepper, and then I like chili flakes and garlic, just classic. Mm-hmm. And I'll do maybe a tablespoon of garlic chopped up in there, maybe a teaspoon of chili flake, good pinch salt, good pinch pepper. And then at the very end, not while it's cooking, but when you take it off, when it looks charred and delicious, I'd squeeze a lemon over the top of it and just mm-hmm. let it sit in that lemon juice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So we have short ribs that have braised for three hours. We have broccolini yes. that has been blanched and grilled or blackened in some other way with lemon yep. juice. What do we do? Yep. So at this point, you could have dinner <laughs> or, right? I mean, it's all ready to go. That with some mashed potatoes sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like now it's the next day. So you open up your fridge and you've got leftover short rib. You've got some leftover broccolini. And this is what Lalit does for Reggie. She opens up the fridge and makes these amazing concoctions. So what she did was is she has a big griddle. And she started out by putting some olive oil on the griddle. And she chopped up the broccolini so it was bite-sized. So she Mm. just took those grilled, beautiful, charred broccolini, chopped it up so bite-sized, probably about a cup. 
and she started to saute that in the oil. She then took the short rib, which is pull apart tender, even cold, and she pulled it apart and put that into the broccolini. So now in the pan, in olive oil, is the charred broccolini and the pulled short rib. You you tracking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The short rib is going to get a little bit of a crust on there after being soft. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's kind of like a hash. Right. I mean, that's kind of what it is. And then she takes two slices of provolone, which is to me one of my favorite cheeses. It's just so nutty and just Mm -hmm. melts so beautifully. She drapes that over the top of the actual hash. So of the beef, Mm. of the actual vegetable. And so it's starting to melt like as if it was melting on top of a burger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Total sense. I'm with you every step. I'm drooling. Like like, (laughs) this podcast is not good for me. Um, I'm having trouble concentrating the further we (laughs) go. So yeah, at that point, the, the provolone starts to build a little bit of a crispy crust around the bottom, sticking to the pan in all the right ways. And then there's this is where it just gets crazy. Like she busts out the fattest piece of Texas toast you can imagine. I mean, this thing looks like the thickness of my thumb, which is I have like Shrek thumb. So I'm going to go with <laughs> it's probably four inches how thick this piece of toast is. She starts toasting that. And again, this is all in a griddle, but you could do this in nonstick pans. Just dry. She doesn't rub it with butter or anything like that. Just dry. And then next to it, she drops a little bit of butter and cracks an egg. So she's frying an egg. So there's three elements going. She's got kind of this hash with the provolone melting. She's got the Texas toast toasting. And she's got this fresh cracked fried egg and some butter. Sounds like heaven. I am so excited about this. You're with me? You're with me so far? Okay, okay. She then grabs a little bit of mayo. Toast comes off. Mayo, and it was a healthy amount of mayo, I will say, hits the bottom. She then picks up with the spatula, scraping the bottom of all the crispy, cheesy bits at the provolone left behind. This mound of just crispy, unbelievably charred, sticky in all the best ways kind of hash with the short rib and the broccolini and she just drapes that over the texas toast and then she took the just the i don't know how does the fudgiest perfectly runny egg i mean my fried eggs the typical way i do is i crack it and then i let it sit for about five minutes and then i just cover it for the last minute so it's six minutes altogether covered for that last minute just to kind of cook the top yeah that's exactly how she did it and then she topped the whole thing with that egg busted into the egg and it just started to kind of cascade down everything, and it was just crazy. Crazy. That is amazing. So she, she wouldn't yeah. have cut the sandwich in half, though, because that would break the egg before you start eating it, or do you want the yolk broken a little bit before you it's eat it? It's kind of a knife and fork sandwich, and it, she had it as an open-faced sandwich. So it's oh. like you kind of – it's almost like doing a Benedict or something. Like you mm. kind of cut through the base and the whole thing. So it was a new play. I thought it was like so indulgent, so perfect, and – um God, for wintertime and family. Oh my gosh. And, I mean, I know I know you talked us through the short ribs, but really, like you said at the beginning, any any leftover roast, any leftover meat, yes. you could probably yes. you could do this if you did if you didn't have roast, even this this could be ham chopped up. This could oh be Oh my you know gosh, what I mean? totally, like, totally chicken, turkey, it's gonna it's gonna work. It's totally gonna work. I don't know if you're doing lamb chops or whatever it is. I know a lot of people do beef Wellington and mm. a lot of them do short ribs. I mean, beef is what's on, you know, the menu at our house. And so it really does work and it is just killer. It's kind of, and people don't know this, but a braise, you know, it was always been told to me, it's always like a bruise. It's always going to be better the next day. Oh, yeah. And honestly, better after three days. So if you can braise something, 
and then not touch it for mm-hmm. a couple of days, mm-hmm. it soaks in even more of that braising liquid, gets more tender, and it's better on day three, which is I love about a braise. Yeah, yeah. No, this is perfect. This is amazing. Thank you so much, Joel and, and Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> and Reggie's wife. Wait, what was Reggie's yeah, wife? Yeah, I know. Everybody. There was a team effort in that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. This is so exciting. I will link, if I can find the episode or the recipe, yes. I will link to it for everybody. I want, if you could just remind everyone of the show, where they can find it, where they can find you, where should they be going if they want more of this delicious love that you're giving everybody? Oh my gosh, I love it. All right. So number one, the show is called Homemade Live and it is season one. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find it on your local PBS station. Start checking your stations now. If it's not on your local PBS station yet, you can go to the website homemade.live and there will be full episodes there. Perfect. Which would be really great. And they can watch yeah. this one. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations on the show. It's so exciting. Christine, thank you so much for having me on. I'm such a big fan of yours. And everyone listening, thank you so much for your time. And happy cooking. Happy cooking. Was I right or was I right? You are now also a super fan of Joel's. I know it. Check out Homemade Live on PBS and you're going to love him even more. Thank you so much for being on the show, Joel. I really, really enjoyed it. And oh my God, that short rib sandwich was killer. I devoured it. It is so, so good. Everybody go to that link. Try that recipe. Amazing. Thank you, Joel. Thank you also, Reggie and Lilith. Of course, this sandwich is going to be one of my go-to midnight snacks for sure. Okay, so now, usually at the end of the show here, I tell you what is going on in my culinary world, but there is not much going on. I mean, there's the Christmas prep that I was telling you about at the beginning, but I'm really not doing anything in terms of recipe development for the websites. Right now, Jennifer and I have taken a break from the kitchen until January, so hmm, what am I going to tell you about? No, just kidding. I have a few things to say. So there is a new recipe going up on Cook the Story this week. It is for thin pork chops. These are sometimes called breakfast chops. They're the really thin sliced pork chops that you see at the grocery store, kind of like overlapping fanned one on top of the other, usually in the package. What do you do with those? I didn't know either. I also didn't know why they were called breakfast chops. So I had to find out they're called breakfast chops because they're so thin that they cook up quickly like bacon or sausages or ham, making them a great choice for breakfast, I think is the idea. Anyhow, if you've ever seen them before and you've wondered how to cook them. I did a bunch of testing and tried a bunch of different things and have come to these perfect thin pork chops. You're going to love it. So stay tuned for that. It's going up on the site this week. Nothing new going up on the cookful this week. Things are pretty slow, but don't you worry. As promised, this podcast is continuing all the way through the holiday season. I know a lot of podcasters, a lot of TV shows, a lot of all kinds of things take breaks around now, but not me. I'm here for you. I'm here for it. And so there's going to be a brand new recipe on the recipe of the day podcast 
every single day all the way through. I've got so many delicious things for you. Those Canadian butter tarts that did so well on TikTok for me recently. I'm telling you how to make those. More details than that short TikTok video. Although do go check it out and see why the Canadians love them so much. We know what we're talking about when it comes to food. I'm telling you. So that is butter tarts. You will find them with me on TikTok. I am Cook the Story over there. I've got a really easy no-bake cookie for you on Christmas morning if you're just looking for something to do with the kids or just want something extra for your dainty tray. Dainty tray. That's the other thing that I had on TikTok recently. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go find me on TikTok. I'm Cook the Story there and uh, both the butter tarts and the dainty tray post are there. And then for Boxing Day, which is what Canadians and Brits call the day after Christmas, December 26th, for Boxing Day, I have a wonderful use for leftover turkey or any leftover roast meat, but it's not what you might have expected. You need to stay tuned for that. And then I'm bringing you a wonderful idea for New Year's. If you're having people over, it is a mac and cheese bar, and I'm going through how to set that up and some wonderful toppings to include. And then there's some other little New Year's festivities sprinkled through. Oh, and I'm telling you how to make those thin breakfast pork chops as well. So lots coming your way every single day. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. Head to cookthestory.com slash R-O-T-D. You can subscribe there for Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now on your phone, search for recipe of the day and subscribe. And then you'll get this every single day. You'll never miss a delicious recipe inspiration for what you can make. I'm taking the decision-making process out of it for you. I'm choosing. I'm telling you how to do it and you can relax and know that it's going to be perfect for whatever your occasion is. Okay, I will put the links to everything that I talked about in this show in the podcast show notes or you can head to cookthestory.com slash ROTD and follow the link for this episode and you will get it all there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a wonderful lead up to Christmas. I'm going to be with you again in the days ahead. But until then, happy holidays. Thank you so much, Joel, for being such a fun guest and for that delicious recipe. I am Christine Pittman from cookthestory.com, thecookful.com, the all new chicken cookbook, and from this podcast recipe of the day. I hope you have a great day. Let's get cooking. Mm.